Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You are listening to Trumpets Time by Mist Apex. I'm Matt Trumpets, and thanks for joining me. This week, we're going to put together our ideal F1 schedule. The rules are simple. One circuit per country, one joker for two per country. We must have held a Grand Prix at some point, must still exist, and, most importantly, all safety and crowd issues are assumed to be resolved either by Magic and or the Clever Boffins at Liberty. Now, before we move on, I need to remind you, as a member of the Mist Apex Network, Trumpets Time is an independent F1 podcast hosted at MistApexPodcast.com. This program is safe for work. We are keeping it clean here so you can play this with kids in the background or at work. And if you're wondering about the Mist Apex holiday schedule, well, in addition to this fantastic show, we have an upcoming tech episode dropping on the 31st and a very special masterclass with Bradley Philpot all about car setup coming on the 7th. Regular service will be resumed on the 14th. Right, on with the show. Joining me today, Mr. Anil Parmar for this very special look at Formula One circuits. Matt, it's good to join you. It's been a very long time since I've done a podcast and I'm just itching to talk about Formula One with someone again. Yeah, I know. And we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm glad we were able to finally uh, find a time and date where we could put it together. But I got to say... It was a lot more research than I expected it to be. Absolutely. Who would have thought there are more than 21 racing circuits in the world? I couldn't believe it when I, when I Googled racing circuits. Right. Now, we've had a few issues in the news in the meantime. Have you been following that at all? Here and there. I, I do go on a, you know, autosport, motorsport, etc., but just desperate for something to talk about. But yeah, I've heard a few things. Yeah, something that's not like, oh, grid girls or, you know what, you know what is exciting me? Because you know, grid girls, like, I can't believe that Liberty brought this. Uh, it's like the third rail. You can't win. 
no matter what you do, people will hate you for whatever you do. But I, I will applaud their bravery at, at diving into the issue and, and, and going to make a firm stand for the sport. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I know people have their different views on it. We're not going to get into it because that's not the point of today's show. But that's in the news. You know what's really exciting? What's that? K-Mag and J-Mag might be racing together at Daytona. You know, I had I had very little interest in American racing up until Alonso did Indy. And now I'm pretty interested. If this Daytona thing happens, I'm there. I'm watching it. Yeah, and you're going to be more interested because it looks like we're headed towards some convergence with the WEC and with the with the IMSA, with the prototypes, to the point where manufacturers might be very easily able to switch from one series to the other. I think that's where they're headed. And uh, we're going to have some WEC races over in America. It's, it's going to be very, very exciting. And of course, you'll never guess who's about to quit Formula One again. Oh, is it McLaren? No, no, they don't know when to quit. Otherwise, they'd have given up ages ago. Okay, I'll try again. I think it's the red team. It's the team that I love. But whenever I see them do a quit threat, I just go off social media for a few days. Yeah, yeah. There was a, an extended uh, interview with Mark Ioni at the uh, journalist uh, Christmas lunch. And and once again, they're saying that if the if the rules don't live up to what they need, then not only are they out, but as I had suspected, now they're they're also threatening to start a competing series if they don't get what they want from Formula One. So I don't know. To a certain point, I get what they're after. They're afraid that Formula One will just become expensive IndyCar. There'll be too much spec parts and no no room for them to be manufacturers. But I just personally think maybe it's a bit, maybe this is a game that doesn't need to be played in the press, or maybe it's a bit early. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, I saw an interview with Chase Carey a while back where he said, in the past, Formula One has always talked within the press, and they just want to talk behind closed doors. Well, Ferrari did not get that memo, and I'm sure Mercedes are going to be saying the same thing because they want to retain the kind of current power units or say similar to that. I hope we don't have to hear too much about it. It's pretty annoying to just constantly have to hear and have these debates. Are Ferrari bigger than the sport? Can Formula One survive out of Ferrari? I just want good racing. Well, speaking of good racing, let's set about making it even better. So we will begin where the season begins in the Southeast Asia Pacific region. And that's going to be our very first race of the year, which is normally in Melbourne. But so can I check? Can I check him out? You, you've yeah. taken the 2018 Formula One calendar, and we're going to work around that as a template. Uh, it was either the 2017 or the 2018. I, I do not actually recall. Okay, well, I'm definitely up for the first race of the season. Being in Australia, there's something quite romantic for me about waking up that early at the start of the season. If that race took place during the year, I'd probably say, oh, I want a lion. But it's the adrenaline of seeing Formula One again and hearing it. So I would definitely have the first race in Australia. And I'm going to say stick to Melbourne. I think it's a wonderful street circuit. It's kind of in a park. Some really great corners. It's, it's definitely one of the better street circuits. Well, you know, I agree with you. It is a good circuit. But I think it's made better by the fact that nobody knows what the cars are really going to do because they've never been raced for the season. So I think that adds a lot to the excitement. But as for me, I did a little bit of digging, and I found this particular circuit called Surfer's Paradise. Now, I don't know if you've ever even heard of this or not, but it was originally supposed to be uh, a Formula One race, 
and then uh, as is usual the funding fell through no it was in, in about 2010 but it's had a number of grand prix at it just not formula one grand prix uh, indycar ran there very regularly and it's a 4.47 kilometer circuit and what's great about it is that you have this big long stretch right along the beach now i don't know about you but for me, the attraction of holding an event in Queensland is basically Queensland is utterly nuts. And so it's the kind of thing where, like, you'll come to the circuit in the morning and a big wave will have washed a shark up onto the circuit. Or in the midst of the race, suddenly it'll start raining deadly Australian spiders on the drivers. So this is it. This is the thing that makes it. Plus, you know, we haven't had Long Beach in, in forever now. And I think, I think Formula One needs a proper beach circuit. And this would clearly be it. There are some opportunities for overtaking, but uh, I watched some of the indie footage, and yeah, it, it's a it's it's a right proper challenge. It is, and you get some great views as well. So, you know what? I'm I'm going to accept the loss here. I, I think we should accept the. I think we should mutually decide that Surface Paradise should be the opening race. Interestingly, neither of us have chosen Adelaide, um, which I thought would be your pick because it's a very historic race. Lots of great championship deciders there. I remember Mansell having his tire blowout, and whoever was the commentator. Murray Walker was having a heart attack about how dramatic it was. I thought one of us would pick that because it seems to be um, seems to get a lot of nostalgia. Yeah, well, to be honest, I kind of thought you were leaning that direction, so I w- I dug deeper for the for the oddball, interesting thing that I was just going to give up in favor of Adelaide. But to be fair, there is one more important advantage, and that's our video producer Steve A would be a stone's throw from the circuit and could go down and keep an eye on things. So there's like yet another reason I say move to Surfers Paradise. Enjoy the beach for your first race of the year. Great. Okay, that's round one sorted. Beautiful. Well, round two is normally held in Shanghai, and you look like you have you 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 have some objections to this. I hate this circuit. It, <laughs> it, I I can't describe how much I dislike it. The circuit layout is dull. You've got those ridiculously long two hundred and seventy degree corners, which just don't end. Um, and what makes it worse is all the smog. It's, it's just not appealing. If someone said to me, oh, here's a VIP trip to Shanghai for the Grand Prix, I would I would put that on eBay. So I do think it's important we have a race in China, but there's no real great racing circuits there. So I'm going to suggest that instead of having a race in China, we go to Japan and we go to Autopolis. A lot of people may not have heard this. It's actually held races for Super Formula, Super GT, and it's held in the, I think it's pronounced the Oita Prefecture. So it's the south. Uh, northeast southwest of japan the circuit is absolutely beautiful and the final section is just full of really fast flowing corners um what makes it unique though is that it's well i say unique it's very similar to mexico city and it's got a very very high altitude so the cars end up sliding everywhere because there's not enough downforce Ooh, and especially with the turbos that would be extra cooling problems and extra power problems as well that that would be a lot of fun to watch, and, and I have to agree. Although China will and Shanghai always retain a um, a fond place in my heart for the time that um, Buemi's wheels both fell off at the same time, because because that's like possibly one of the best things ever. Yeah, the thing is, there's been a lot of great races at Shanghai. I think of Hamilton's first race there, where he was about to win the championship, and he binned it in the pit lane. The 2010 race was great. We've had a lot of wet races. I think back to a race where I think Weber started last and finished P3 or P4. It was one of the first Pirelli races. It's just not exciting. You've got these gigantic, gigantic straights and then these never-ending right-handers. I just can't stand it. 
it's a shame it hasn't worked out for China because given how important the market is, you would think they would just copy a circuit like Spa and move it there. Uh, you would think so. Well, I mean, given it's China, you would think that absolutely that that would be the plan. Copy the best circuits and just keep on rebuilding it till they get it right. I mean, after all, it worked in Austin, didn't it? Absolutely. Well, I should point out, we did have a rule earlier where we said um, our chosen circuit needs to have held a race before. I'm aware that Autopolis uh, hasn't held a race, but I'm just introducing it anyway. I suggest we get rid of that rule. All right, fine. Uh, fine. I will see you because there are probably rules that I want to get rid of later on. All right, let's move on. The next race on the on the calendar is Suzuka. Oh, well, um, Suzuka's a must-keep for me, but I've already picked a race from Japan. But having glanced at the rules again, I know how much you like rules, Matt. You should have laid this out like a FIA technical brief. But um, I believe rule number three, you said we are allowed a joker. So we can have two races in the same country. So I would have a race at Autopolis, and then I would move to Suzuka, the best circuit on the calendar, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know, uh, I I have to sort of kind of agree with you, but there is an interesting alternative, and I'm going to make the argument for it right now before we reach our final decision, and that's a little circuit called Aida, and they actually, according to our rules, had a real, they had the Pacific Grand Prix there in 94-95, and uh, here's the thing, first of all, there it's, again, it's higher up. There is elevation change with great quick changes of directions and some nice off-camber turns. But what I what I loved about it is 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 I did go and watch some some footage. And first thing is in in '94 was watching Hacken and punt Senna off in the very first corner, like in a proper Ericsson style move. I mean, just plowed him right off of the circuit. I mean, uh, he he got a bad start. He was on pole, got a bad start. He moved over behind Schumacher and Hacken and just like ran him off the road. And then a uh, back marker plowed into him further down the field. And that was the end of his day. But what I really loved about it, and I think what I love about a lot of these circuits that I've discovered, is that um, I was watching Damon Hill, who had had some kind of a problem and had gotten back. He was trying to overtake and coming out of a corner, he just put his driver's side wheels just barely over the curb onto the grass and he lost probably about two seconds and had to spend another lap and a half catching back up to the person before he properly overtook him. And I will say there's something to be said for a circuit that requires that kind of precision. This isn't like, oh, well, the last millimeter of my right front tire technically wasn't all the way over the white line, so I'm on the circuit. No, if any part of your car is off the circuit, you are being punished. Okay, so I've never actually watched a race there, but I'm aware that Schumacher won his second title there, um, and it was a very technical circuit. I think we can reach a compromise, though. May I suggest we stick to Suzuka? However, we go back to how it used to be with uh, bigger curbs, mm-hmm. less runoff, so it was much more challenging. I remember watching the film Senna, and his onboard laps were just terrifying. I could not believe how big the curbs were. And you compare that to now, where drivers fly off at Spoon, fly off at the Degners, you know. I think if we take the characteristics of the Pacific Grand Prix that you liked, and we just get Suzuka back to being quite scary. All right. It's a deal, because frankly, I, I do love Suzuka, and it probably is a better circuit than Aida in any event. But that doesn't matter, because we are now headed off to Singapore. Okay, so I, th- I think we both agree on this one. Uh, I have to admit, I'm surprised you think this is a keeper. Why is that? 
just because there's always so much dramatic action there. It's a night race. It's such a spectacle, you know, and it's tough. I think it's a hard race for the drivers, too. You know, this the street and the bridge and the oh my goodness, like things just go wrong there, you know. Uh, random electricity through manhole covers making the Ferrari stop. I don't know if you remember that or not, but but and then and then of course you know this year it was a very dull and boring race because we had that massive smash up in the very first lap. It, it, don't things, remind me. Things just seem to happen there. I don't know. It's 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 it, it seems to change a lot of fortunes, but. You know, I get what you don't like about it is overtaking is very, very difficult. There's not a lot of opportunities and it it has a potential to be a massively boring Monaco style race. Yeah, I've got I have a love hate relationship with this circuit. It reminds me of a really attractive girl at school that would talk to me when it was just me and her. But when her friends were around, like completely blanked me. (laughs) Qualifying at Singapore is probably the best qualifying session of the year, along with Monaco and along with Baku, in my opinion, which will come on to later on. I love watching the cars get on the limit. The final laps are always amazing to watch, but the race, it, the cars just can't follow each other. There's too many corners. You don't get the flow. But as you say, it's it's a real challenging track. And you, when the drivers get out, they clearly look exhausted. So I would hope that with a better aero philosophy, Mr. Ross Braun, that actually we'd get good racing here. So, okay, I say let's keep it. Two races in Japan, followed by a short trip over to Singapore. All right. Well, that brings us to the next continental adventure, Eurasia. And first up there is suddenly everybody's favorite new track, Baku. Yeah, I felt the circuit got a lot of hate last year when it came onto the calendar and the race wasn't great because actually the GP2 races were absolutely crazy. Qualifying for both Formula One races we've had has been exceptional. Remember Lewis hitting the wall and the castle section, which was just you know, very dramatic. It really punishes the drivers. And the racing, it, all you need at this track is one safety car. And after that, it's just bedlam because it punches the cars up. Before you know it, the Force Indians are crashing into each other. We've got Daniel Ricciardo overtaking three cars into one corner. I love it. And if you're going to put a street circuit onto, a, onto the Formula One calendar, it can't be like Monaco, where the cars are clearly outgrown the circuit. It work, Baku works because actually there's not too many corners. There's long straights between each of, the, each of the sectors. The final sector is so quick. Just some exceptionally quick left-handers. And then the drivers hit, what, 360 kilometers an hour down the straight? I love it. Great circuit. Yeah, no, it is. Um, but I do agree with you. It would be nice if we could have it located a little more close to home, as it were. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I don't think Sadiq Khan can copy this layout and take it to London. But if, you, if he can, it'd be greatly appreciated. Oh, maybe we could call on our Chinese friends to help us out. Yeah, I didn't realize that's what you were getting at. Yes, <laughs> let's get this in Shanghai. Absolutely. Uh, and the yeah. thing is, China is such a big country. You could triple the size of this track. Yeah, it would be it would be amazing. Uh-oh, people are already throwing up the possibility of Macau. Assuming magic safety fixes. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you watch the, there was a race this year where the two leaders crashed out on the final corner? I did. Oh my goodness. I watched that. And then there was another race I saw, I think, with Degrassi. I don't know what series that would have been, like a GT kind of sports car where there was a 20 car pileup. And I would love Macau, but you would have to change a lot of that track. Yeah, well, I don't know, but I, I can see the appeal of it. I watch it every year. Macau is one of my favorite races. I, I know that some purists hate it because it's a street circuit and you get a lot of crashes, but 
I don't know. But again, it's a thing where you have to be very precise as a driver. And if you get it wrong, you are going to pay. Exactly. There's only these white lines that spanners like so much and these acres of tarmac. So there's none of this. Let's let's just put it all in a five gazillion square foot car park and no lines and just let the racers go because physics will determine the fastest way around. All right. Well, you know what? We've gotten distracted. Thank you, chat room, for that contribution, though. Uh, let's move on. The next race up will be Barcelona. Okay, so I've been to Barcelona for testing, and it's a beautiful circuit. However, I feel as though the current layout with that Mickey Mouse chicane at the end has kind of taken away some of the excitement. And also, because there's so much testing there, everyone just knows it too well. So I'd be tempted to keep it if we could go back to the older layout. No chicane with that brilliant right-hander at the end. And, you know, bring back the gravel and the curbs. Um, So I would say that, but I think you're about to disagree with me. And I think you might win me over, Matt. I will do my best, but I'm really surprised because you didn't mention Harama at all or Pedralbas. I mean, there's a lot of good tracks to choose from. And never mind like Oporto or Estoril, which aren't in Spain, but technically, you know, they're out there. But I'll tell you the one that has captured my heart, and that's Manjuic. And I know they stopped having the races there because of safety reasons, but we have agreed that's not going to be an issue. And and this is the thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's like Monaco, but like Monaco on steroids. The drivers loved it. The public loved it. It's hilly. There's huge elevation change. There's off-camber turns. It, it's very, very challenging for the drivers. And man, if you go back and watch some of the old footage of the racing around there, it, it, it's just staggering. There's a great video. I think somebody on a on a on a motorcycle took, or they just took a drive around where where the circuit used to be, and you can just imagine watching a modern Formula One car through there. It would just it would blow your mind. Yeah, what's amazing about it as well is that I think it's actually closer to Barcelona city center than the current Barcelona racetrack. Um, so I actually ended up in the park and didn't realize that there'd been a Grand Prix there. There's only one. I kind of Googled it. I was like, oh, I'm standing at the at a, what was turn three or whatever it was. You know what? Um, I'm going to agree with you. Let's get rid of Barcelona. Let's go for, I can't even pronounce it. Monjuic. Is that right? Monjuic. Yeah, it's close enough. Look, I'm an American. You should probably not be asking me about how to pronounce anything. I will just be honest. The one thing I will say is that we've now got three street races in a row. So we're taking everyone to Singapore, then to Azerbaijan. And then another street race in Barcelona. It's three in a row. That sounds a bit IndyCar-y to me. I don't think Ferrari would be happy, Matt. I don't think Ferrari would be happy at all. Well, then perhaps we should throw them a bone. As the calendar now at this point moves on to historic legacy-laden, like an anchor around my neck, Monaco. Oh, four street races in a row. Right. Um, I mean, this is just the worst track. And I love Jay's Jay. Oh, Jay? joe saywood and he always says oh but you've got to be there you've got to be there well no because i'm at home on a sunday watching it i work on a thursday i'm not going for practice monaco's terrible we've just named a bunch of street circuits much better so sticking with the european theme i'm going to say i'm going to name probably one of my favorite circuits in the world and it's called mugello and formula Ooh. one has been there for a test in 10 in 2012 i think it was and mark Webber said one lap of mugello is as exciting as one thousand is as rewarding as a thousand laps at Abu Dhabi, which I think sums up why everyone hates Abu Dhabi. It's got these incredible bends, lots of elevation change, 
really high speed, none of these kind of gimmicky corners. MotoGP currently run there. I would love to see Formula One there. Um, again, under the assumption that we're going to have a better aero philosophy because when you've got that many kind of quick sweeping corners, overtaking can be hard. But it's just one of the best racetracks in the world, and it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, but you do have you have a really long run down to turn one from the last turn. And 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 the sweepers, with the amount of aero they're running, it, it would be... Yeah, I do. I do. It's it's uh, because it's a track that's on the Xbox. I, I've been on it many times, virtually speaking, and it is a fantastic track. I love driving there, and I would love to see a Formula One race there. That said, that was not my suggestion. My suggestion was we go back to Malaysia and add it to the uh, CPAC region because Malaysia is a great track. It's brutal on the drivers. It's hard on the cars unexpected things happen there and because it's a purpose it just frankly the turn one complex alone is just enough to make your mind break when you're trying to figure out the best way around it and and the thing i would change about it though the reason it's not because we've had some amazingly classic races the big problem is you have the front straight the back straight going into the front straight with drs so you get a lot of position swapping so the the solution there i think is one of summer's favorite which is give them time to DRS for the whole race, kind of like the Indy push to pass, or give them straight up push to pass where they can increase the fuel flow for for a total amount of time over a whole race. Then you'd see some real strategy and interesting tactics taking place, I think. Oh, you've tried to win me over with Malaysia, which I will admit is probably the best Asian race post post, um, Suzuka coming onto the calendar. But... I'm going to dig my heels in. I gave you the last round, Matt, and I think we need to accept Mugello is just the winner here. Um, There's a great quote about Mugello, actually, from Petrov, uh, Vitaly Petrov, after the test they had in Formula One. And he said, he thinks the circuit's too dangerous because there isn't enough runoff, which just sums up why it needs to be on the calendar. That's a proper circuit. And I know spanners won't like it because of all those gravel traps or, you know, but oh, great. Love it. Yeah, no, I, I love it too. And and we've already pretty much agreed to dismiss actual reality when making our picks. So this is in a perfect world, Mugello, done. Okay, I've just realized as well, um, we're going to end up discussing Monza later. And I've already used my Joker for two races in the same country. So by accepting Mugello, we may have just got rid of Monza, but we'll come to that later. Yeah, well, but not necessarily because I would I would argue at this point because... Well, you know, just because I would argue, because that's kind of what I like to do. But I would argue that, well, it, you get the Joker, but if my track wins and it's in the same country, then we're not actually breaking any rules. I don't have an Italian track yet, so we'll just have to see what happens when we get there. Sounds good. Let's move on. Let's move on indeed to La Castellet, Paul Ricard. Now, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think I found myself a track that I like better. Okay, my choice is I'm taking Formula 1 back to Magni Cause, And I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and say, why are you taking us back to that dull circuit? Because it's true, the racing was dull there. And the main reason being was even though there was a massive straight, before that straight there was like a big long sweeper and the cars got spread out because of the aero. Um, so again, with a better aero philosophy, I think the racing would be great there. Some of the corners on that circuit just blew my mind. Um the change of direction that the cars had and as they flew over the curbs, I thought it was incredible to watch. I'll never forget Hamilton, actually, in 07, uh, on his qualifying lap. It just literally like, took my breath away. I could not believe the change of speed. So I would say it, 
even though it is a bit flat. And the other thing I will say, it's it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's very hard to get to. It's a bit like Silverstone, but even more extreme. I'm, I'm not quite sure what the attendance figures were, but I would like to see Formula One back there. It was there for a long time, and I know the racing wasn't amazing, but I think there's real potential. So, again, assuming Ross Braun fixes the cars, I'm going for Magna Cause. And, and, and Magic fixes the rest of the problem, then we are done. All right, I do indeed have another choice instead of Magni Cores. Although I'm surprised you didn't bother to check out Dijon Prenois. I did. You did? I did take a look at it. Oh, um, okay. I think, I think it's a nostalgia thing. I grew up, one of the first races I watched was actually a wet race at Magni Cores, I think in 99. And the conditions were just terrible. It was carnage. And I think the circuits, were, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for it for then. And it always used to precede Silverstone. So I quite like, I know there's something, there's something quite romantic about that track. I know the racing wasn't great, but I just, I just like it, Matt. I'm, I'm sentimental. And that's okay. Uh, it, it, it's, we follow this, we don't follow the sport for any rational reason. After all, we follow it because it's exciting and fun and appeals to our emotions. So here's the track that I found that appealed most to me. Uh, it's, it's called Sherrod, uh, but I believe we Formula One fans would know it as Clermont Ferrand. And it's actually built around an extinct volcano and it's eight point it's eight kilometers long so it is not for the faint-hearted and it has astonishing elevation changes at one point you whip around a corner and you literally it looks like you're driving right up into the sky it's fantastic and man i i found um a video online apparently it's online as a as a virtual reality circuit like as a as a game circuit and someone had taken an old like 1965 formula one car on a trip around it and even that was like terrifying because at certain points basically like the rock wall of the volcano is directly next to the circuit so your our our, our safety l's are going to have to do some remarkable magic to make it possible for us to race there again and in fact that is pretty much why they stopped racing there because uh, of safety concerns not so much with not so much with uh with that but with loose rocks from the volcano getting onto the circuit and here's a little bit of formula one trivia for you you know our esteemed dr marco you know you know he lost an eye racing and it was uh, it was a rock thrown up by emerson fittipaldi's car and that was actually at Clermont-Ferrand. That's where that happened in 1972. And that was the last time um, they raced there. That's extraordinary. I mean, I'm having some difficulty in my suspending in suspending my belief enough to have a Formula One race there. Um, but I've got to give you credit for doing the research because I was expecting um, I was expecting the Le Mans circuit or Paul Ricard as we're going to next year. So that's certainly very inventive. Um, I don't know how we're going to settle this one. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's tough because on the one hand, yours is certainly a more realistic suggestion. And you do have you do have the advantage of that deep childhood emotional connection to it. But on the other hand, I mean, wouldn't you like to see a race at the place that took Helmut Marco's eye? I mean, is that what they're going to put at the back of the ticket? Yeah, this this is where it happened. This this is insanely dangerous, and we should probably not do it at all ever. Uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, I, 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 th I think we should say Magni Cause just to be slightly realistic. All right, you, you, I will, I will give in on this, but I, I, there is a shorter version of the track that that they use still for modern racing, 
So but, this is kind of like an IOU. So we go for Magni Cause here, but I just know at one point later on, you're going to say, Anil, I think you need to agree with me this time. Yep. I, I, you definitely owe me one for, for giving that up. Plus, it's a long circuit. It's eight kilometers. We need longer circuits in Formula One. Enough of these 5.4 kilometer circuits. Snoozeville. All right. I agree with that. All right. But we need to move on because we got a late start. And let's face it. We have things to do. Spielberg, Austria, Österreich. It is next. Okay, I'm torn on this. I'm really torn. So I like the current circuit. It's very short. You just said we need to have longer circuits. I quite like how short the circuit is. 78 laps, I think. Um, But the original layout was significantly better. However, in the rules, we said that the circuit still needs to exist. And much like Hockenheim... A lot of this track has been replaced by trees. The original circuit, if you have not seen it, look, it was epic. And it was actually, um, a lot of drivers compared it to Spa. It was just a beautiful circuit, much longer, um, some really wonderful corners. Um, now there's a lot of kind of hairpins. Yeah, none of that back then. So I'm going to swap it with Zandvoort in the Netherlands. Um, mainly because actually I think with Max Verstappen on the grid, I want a race there. That's another beautiful circuit. I, I hear they've actually conducted a report into seeing if they can hold a Formula One race there. I don't think that's going to happen because from what I've heard, getting 100,000 people there is basically impossible. Um, it's really difficult to get to. But you know what? I'm going to say Zandvoort. Well, you know what? I think I'm okay with this um, because I share your criticism of the current circuit. Although as an American, I would simply like to add, you know, trees, they can always be cut down. Yeah, no, 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 I I do agree. I do agree with you. I wish we could do that with Hockenheim, but global warming and all that. All right, let's move on to what must be, as a citizen of the UK, your favorite location, Silverstone. I go to Silverstone every year. I hate that circuit. What? (laughs) I just hate it. No, really? You hate it? Oh, my God. It's just so drab and dreary, and the facilities are terrible. Oh, and the grandstands are so far from the circuit. Um, and it's been butchered. It's just tarmac everywhere. And I, I have no interest in watching cars take corners like cops and maggots and stow when there's that much runoff. So I'm going to suggest Brands Hatch, which Gerhard Berger once described as the best racing circuit in the world. Very simple track layout. However, I think the appeal from it really comes from the extreme elevation change um, the scenery, it's hosted Grand Prix before, of course, which was part of our criteria before we decided to ignore it. Um, but it's just a much better circuit than Silverstone. It's really exciting. Yes, I can imagine one day taking my kids there and them just being of awe of an F1 car going up and down the hills. So I'm going to say Brands Hatch. However, I know that you've got a different suggestion. And of course, I have a different suggestion because what kind of a show would it be if we all we ever did was just like agree with each other, like a bunch of people who were actually friends? Yeah, um, we're definitely not friends. No, not at all. Uh, we don't get on in the slightest. Yeah, that's correct. You say Brands Hatch, but I went back and I looked and I say Dunnington. And I've watched... Inter- interesting choice. I've watched the onboards from the old races there. And there's a section, the section um, from about uh, turn six to about turn 10, that reminds me very much of the S's at Suzuka. And just listening to to the drivers talk about how how difficult the G forces were to handle, and that's back then. I can only imagine now just how utterly crushing it would be for the drivers to have to deal with that, even though they have you know like power steering and practically air conditioning now. Still, 
I, I think it would be a, a proper test. And there's enough elevation change, and the elevation change, especially on the corners, which is, I will admit, is a feature of circuits that I found myself very drawn to as, as I was looking at, at, at different videos. And I'm just going to say that right now. If you're listening to this and you get interested in any of these, just go to YouTube, type the name in, and look for some onboards or just look for some video because you'll be astonished at what these tracks look like back then and what it was like to drive on them. It's a completely different experience from what we get nowadays on modern television. Yeah, you know what? I think I would agree with Donington. Um, I went there for Formula E a number of times and the circuits in need of repair, but the actual layout and the elevation change is extraordinary. The S's, imagine Suzuka S's, but with like a massive dip right in the middle. Yep. Um, I'd love to see that. They were actually going to, when they signed the British Grand Prix deal yep add an infield section because they worked out that current formula one cars would basically do a lap in well a minute or so so they were going to add in a, a midfield section and it actually looked really good and the, there was going to be a massive massive back straight they're going to skip the chicane that's currently there so you know what i would put donington on there as well and it suits me because it's actually about 20 minute drive for my flat so you, you could not have picked a more a, a better location for me matt bonus Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Bonus. I, I seem to have. I seem to be very lucky with these. All right. Well, let, let's keep let's keep this uh, motor running. And why don't on. you recap the ten circuits we've chosen so far? All right, we're halfway done. I'll recap the 10 circuits so far. And it started out with Surfer's Paradise. In Queensland, not boring old Melbourne, which actually isn't boring and is a great circuit. Please don't get mad at me if you happen to live in Melbourne. But we decided to pull a surprise and go for Surfer's Paradise in Queensland. We both agreed that Shanghai is not our favorite track, despite Bwemi's wheels falling off there. And we went for Autopolis in Japan. Our third round would be the classic Suzuka, although um, it, Aida was an interesting choice. In the end, you can't argue. Suzuka is probably the best track in the world. And then we agreed to tolerate Singapore because interesting things happen there, even though as the racing per se, it isn't always the best. It's sort of like a Monaco light. And that brings us to Eurasia where we both agreed that Baku is just a bonkers enough race that it should be kept around. 
We ditched Barcelona for Montjuic and the magic safety L's making everybody entirely safe on what has to be an incredibly unsafe circuit. We both agreed to ditch Monaco and substitute Mugello for it. And then, despite my fervent argument for uh, Clermont-Ferrand, we went with Magny Coors and France. That almost brings us home Spielberg Austria we would substitute Zanfort for and not worry about how everybody was going to get there it would be just like a big camping thing I would imagine and we just agreed to ditch Silverstone for Donington and now we're on to the second half of the season and that begins in Hockenheim on according to the current calendar okay so I mean Hockenheim is just a no if it was the original layout I would say yes, uh, which I used to love, the blast through the forest, low downforce. I'm going to say, I can never pronounce this right, uh, Saxon Ring, which hosts a MotoGP race. Chris Stevens, that's a shout out for you. Um, it's just a brilliant layout. The first um, two or three corners are just these right-hand sweepers. So the car, I imagine that the current F1 cars would be doing near full throttle for the first 40 seconds of the lap. Um, so I would say that. I would say I will miss the Hockenheim Stadium section. It's really unique in Formula One, and it creates a great atmosphere. But I'm going to say Saxon Ring. All right. So the Saxon Ring, and it is. I see that high-speed section that you're talking about, and, and it would be amazing to watch in, in a Formula One car. But for me, I'll, I'll be honest, I love the Nürburgring. Frankly, if it were up to me, I'd go, I'd go Norchlife. I'd just go totally old school. And maybe I'm just showing my age, but... I don't think we could get away with that. I think the safety bunnies would, would, would have too big of a conniption about that. So I'll settle for the Nürburgring circuit, which was was alternated with Hockenheim, and I, I enjoyed that. But I think they stopped being willing to pay for Formula One a little while back for reasons that are, well, probably very complicated. And we won't get into right now. I also found an interesting track called Ockersleben. Um, But again, it's a very short track, and I don't think it would really work for Formula One. There's not enough elevation change, but I will give them bonus points for having an utter lack of asphalt runoff. Yeah, um, I agree with Nürburgring as well, actually. And they hosted the Europe... There used to be two races in Germany a year, and that used and this one used to be called the European Grand Prix. I've got great memories of Raikkonen's... Did his tyre go on at the last lap of a race there, and Alonso kind of took the win? So yeah, um, I'm happy for Nürburgring. And you get great views as well, because it's quite high altitude. Yep. Yeah, no, he's, those, those circuits up in the mountains are always, always fun. And um, I think the European Grand Prix actually used to move countries, too. But if you go far enough back, they'd have it in a different country each year, back when there was more fans than there were opportunities to watch racing. Yep, I just want to say, if you're a listener and you want to watch a classic Grand Prix, you want to watch the 1999 European Grand Prix at the Nürburgring, it is the most bonkers race you will watch. And it also features Luca Badoa of um ferrari fame stopping by the track in his minority bursting into tears it's just a, an amazing grand prix oh that's a beautiful thing well you know what that brings us up to that brings us up to budapest i love it i love this track and some people will say oh there's not a, not a lot of overtaking there prefer bigger circuits do you know why i like this track map first of all the city is amazing if you ever get the chance to go to budapest do i went this year and it was probably my favorite european city However, this circuit layout is just like a go-karting track. And it's just so wonderfully challenging. Like the drivers don't get any time to rest. And yeah, overtaking is difficult. Again, 
are Ross Braun elves are going to fix the cars and make overtaking a bit better. But I love the middle sector. Lots and lots of kind of fast corners. Very narrow track as well. Whereas you would talk about circuits like Baku, Malaysia, where you've got, you know, seven, eight cars can like sit in an eye. No, not here. It's um very, very difficult, very physical. Um, and you, you know, the great drivers do well here. Hamilton, uh, Raikkonen, and I think Schumacher took some great wins here as well. Yeah, well, I, I hate to be very boring, but I'm just going to pretty much agree with you. Uh, it's a great track. I always love, and it, again, it's a thing where exciting things happen. Cars catch on fire. Disasters happen because the, because the engines are under so much stress with all the constant acceleration. And the brakes, too. Brakes really take a beating there. And the tires. Oh, yeah, it's just hard on, it's hard on the equipment, too. So from an engineering point of view, always, always exciting things happen. Great. I love it when you say you're going to give me a boring answer, but you talk just as long as I do. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> it is it is it is one of my special talents. OK, should we move on? That's round 12. Through the yeah, best. We should definitely move on before that goes sideways on us. Spa is next. Um, I mean, you have to keep the circuit, but for the love of God, raise the curbs and get rid of the runoff. This used to be the most daunting circuit to look at when you saw the track map and you saw the corners. I remember the first race I watched it, like you're watching cars go through Blanchimon or Puan, you just kind of leant back and held your breath a bit. It, it lacks that raw excitement, um, but it's still just a, the, the most incredible racing circuit. So for me, it's a keep, 100%. Yeah, and I agree too. It just, the, the I like it. It's long. The weather is thoroughly unpredictable. Uh, the setting is magnificent. And yeah it produces some great some amazing overtakes some great racing and it really is oh yeah 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 yeah. just yeah pretty much yeah so again we are in total agreement spa deserves a place in the pantheon of great formula one circuits absolutely um are we talking about the current layout or would we suggest going back to the old bus stop which was very iconic actually well, yeah, I was thinking more of the current layout because I've seen more races on it. But you know, you do have a point about 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 the original layout. It, 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 but this is a problem. Well, well, so so I'm talking about the layout that they put in um, up until 2007, 2005. The yeah. final sector was a little bit different because obviously before that there was the like 20 kilometer version that went through villages, and yeah. people just died all the time. Yeah, but I think we're, we both agree that's a bit too extreme. Yeah, I, I think I think for Spa, I, I like the length of the current circuit and the layout, the layout as it is, because I don't think I don't think the length uh, would do anything for the modern racing. In some cases, I think it would, but not 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 in this case. I think it's long enough as I mean, just oops, I blew my tire. If you blow a tire in the first or second corner, oh, it's misery, misery. The other thing I will say is I want to race at Spa, but um, I want the climate to be like it was in the 90s when it, it rained almost every year at Spa in the 90s. Um, but, you know, global warming has kicked in. We go to Spa now, bright sunshine. It's not the same. I want to see cars go through a wet poo on, which sounds it very sounds, strange. Yeah, we, we got to be careful about that. This is a family show, I will remind you. All right, so that brings us to Monza. Well... I've used my joker mat. I've already put two circuits in Japan. I love Monza, so, but because I've already picked Mugello, I'm going to have to say a race at Imola. Uh, I don't think I've ever actually watched an F1 race at Imola. Oh, no, I have. Of course, it. yeah, up until the 2000s. Overtaking, very, very difficult. 
I think, though, they've changed the layout slightly in recent years to get rid of one of the chicanes. So hopefully overtaking just a little better. But I'm secretly hoping you've picked Monza. I have. I have oh, picked Monza. Great. But I picked Monza with a, as they say, kicker. Because, you know, I, I like the long layouts. And also because, you know, I like the, um, I like the old school stuff. I have decided that Monza should get its banks back. Now, this is a 10-kilometer circuit. And here's the thing that I love about it. First of all, banking. Can you imagine what the engineers, how horrible an engineering challenge that would be on a modern Formula One car to make it both fast, flat, and to be able to deal with the banking? And can you imagine Pirelli? I mean, they would be sweating bullets if they had to run at, you know, 380 kilometers on that oval. It would be mental. But the best part about it is the layout as such that you would literally have cars running in parallel on the banking and down the main straight at the same time. And what a spectacle that would be. It would be fantastic. It would be mental. It would be completely unacceptable in any format, which is why we must have it. I just say we must have it. Agree. No, well, look, Monza's the temple of speed, right? That's what they call it. So yeah, bring it back. I have a feeling that, you know, Liberty Media, if you're listening to this and you're getting some ideas, I'm not sure if Pirelli can make the right tie you're looking for. You might have to write our friends at Bridgestone a letter. I don't think the drivers would trust. Um, let's be honest, Matt. Could you imagine an ultra soft or a hyper soft, whatever, on the banking? No way. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. Okay, we need to keep on going, though, if we're going to finish this before tomorrow. And this brings us across the Mediterranean to Yaz Marina. Oh, now, I mean, I, yeah. is, is is there a bigger yeah. missed opportunity in the history of designing a racing circuit than Yas Marina? There, there. I mean, all I can think of is you had a whole desert and that you had a whole desert and that really that's that's I mean, just, oh. yeah, I know it's tragic. I mean, the, the, the best part is that they had to build a chicane before the hairpin because they built the grandstand too close to the circuit. And so they wanted to spread the cars out. So well, why build a racing track if you're going to spread the cars out? So ditch it. It's not Formula One. I say a certain track. Okay, Matt, I'm going to, I want you to know if you can guess the circuit I'm thinking of. All right. I'm thinking of a four apex, a quadruple apex left-hander taken at around 300 kilometers an hour. Wow. What circuit am I? That's Istanbul all the way, baby. Turn eight in all its magnificent glory. I, I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, th- th- there's a track that deserves to be raced at every year. And it's it was a shame that it fell uh, off of the calendar. I mean, I understand these things happen, and I know life is complicated, but we've agreed to ignore all of that. I would be delighted to substitute Istanbul for Yas Marina. Agreed. Also, got to say, the last couple of corners at Istanbul are great. They look really Mickey Mousey when you see them. It's like this really tight left, right, left. But they just work at the end of a straight. And you get this great battling for position. So absolutely my choice. And, you know, goodbye, Abu Dhabi. I don't want to see you on my calendar ever again. Right. Um, speaking of which, am I correct in remembering, is that where uh, Sebastian Vettel and Mark Webber had their very famous contretemps in Istanbul? Yes. So it was actually the 
So after turn eight, you come up to a chicane, and then you've got this massive downhill run to that left-right-left left complex I just spoke about. And yeah, this where that, that whole race was brilliant. Turkey 2010, Hamilton <laughs> chasing the Red Bulls down. Vettel made a move on his teammate, which I think was a bit controversial because Red Bull gave Webber the, oh, mate, you need to uh, save some fuel. And he said, oh, is Seb saving fuel? And they were like, yeah, of course he is. Of course he is, but if he if he happens to breeze past you down the street, don't don't fight back. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I I remember that, and Vettel was angry. Vettel, as I recall it, Vettel pretty much drove into Weber and then was angry at Weber for not getting out of the way because he thought the team had told him to get out of the way. It was it was just like yeah. such a mess. And yeah, they, they made Weber apologize for it. Yeah, I know. Weber took the blame. <sighs> yeah, that's just, I, but you know, on the other hand, a paycheck's a paycheck. What can you say? Yeah. Okay, let's move on. So I feel a bit bad here because I've just said goodbye to Abu Dhabi, and then on the on the calendar you've put Bahrain, and I know, I know, <sighs> but but like you know, we I can't got... believe I'm saying this, Matt. I kind of like Bahrain, oh, oppressive regime, oppressive regime. You know, to one side, um, the circuit just has really good racing in the last few years. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm going to say stick with it, but I'm hoping you come up with a better suggestion. Yeah, and, and my suggestion counters all geographical notions of sanity in that, and this is just a personal thing, we need more races in America. I mean, America is, it's such a big place. We could have three races and it would be, it would be longer drives than from, for, you could drive from where you are to Magny Coors and less time than it would take me to drive to Austin. I mean, you 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 could go on a road trip and do 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 Paris and Germany, and and it would be like me driving across the country. It's just huge. And so, because frankly, I'm lazy and selfish, I vote that we ditch Bahrain and replace it with Watkins Glen. And that's just because, oh my goodness, I don't even care if the racing is good. There's just so much history there. And frankly, it's just so close. I could actually finally go and watch a Formula One race that was literally in my own backyard. And so many amazing things have happened at that track. It's it, it's just, it, it really is, uh, it's, it's really quite the remarkable place. Yep, I'm happy to agree with you there. It's held, it's held Formula One races in the past, hasn't it? Yeah, it always held lots of races. Uh, James Hunt famously raced there. And he did. It's in the film. Uh, it's actually in the film. Um, is it Rush that came out a few years ago? Yeah, it I've is. got to say, there's a lot of great racing circuits in America. I just hope that Liberty aren't too focused on street circuits with F1's expansion because these are great circuits. And I've got my own US suggestion that we'll talk about later on. Yeah, absolutely. I want to hear it. Uh, the chat room has chimed in with Watkins Glen is a dump. Stop well, it's ruining, better than Bahrain. Stop ruining my fun. I don't okay, care. So we've said goodbye to both the Middle East races. So what we've really done is told Bernie that most of his decisions over the last few years, not you know, they weren't great. Yep. Well, you know, and again, this is a thing where a lot of the money in Formula One comes from that region. So I'm not surprised to see the the races there. They come from the Gulf states, but I don't know. I haven't. There's been some good racing there. There's been some good moments, but the the tracks just uh, they don't quite do it for me. I'll be honest. Yeah, I agree. It's another example of having all the money in the world and not really designing an awe-inspiring circuit. So yeah, I'm happy to go for Watkins Glen. Uh-huh. And I have a feeling, 
Mm-hmm. Um, if I may, if I may move on to Circuit Seventeen. Yes, let's. But we're going to stay in that part of the world because um, yes. we've currently got Sochi written down. But um, <laughs> I don't know what your opinion about Sochi is about. But yeah, goodbye. Ciao. So long, farewell. Don't come back. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Exactly. So I'm going to suggest something completely different. We're going to go to Argentina. And we're going to go to Potrero de los Funes. I've pronounced that terribly. It's um, a GT circuit that they built over the recent years. If you have not seen a picture of this circuit, you absolutely must. It's this massive lake with hills and mountains around it. And there's just a circuit around the lake. And it's absolutely beautiful. Um, definitely the most picturesque race um, that I've, well, racing circuit that I've ever seen. Although, if I'm being honest, I don't know how you're going to get fans there, because I have a feeling it's in the middle of nowhere. But I would say bye-bye Sochi, at least. Uh, clearly, you've forgotten the magic elves that solve all the problems, like the tracks need to be cleaned up, or there's not enough grandstands, or there's only some dude in, like, in, a, in a buggy and carriage who will be able to take people to the race. These are not problems. We are only considering the actual racing on the circuit. Everything else will be pristine and amazing. And best of all, you can get a weekend pass that includes the paddock for like $3. Absolutely. Done, 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 done. Well, I tell you, it's interesting that you came up with an Argentinian suggestion because I have one too. And again, it's a bit of a longer one. It's from the old Autodromo Juan Oscar Galvez layout number 15. And now what I love about this is it's sort of got, well, I don't know how best to put it, but it's essentially got the equivalent of the parabolica but only on steroids. Essentially, once you get through the opening couple of corners, there's this huge long run out with fast successive right and left hand corners, two long straights, and then you hit the spectacular third corner, which is called the Caravan Salada, into the infield section. And the description of cars coming out of that were basically pretty much entirely out of control, barely able to make the turn at a stupidly high rate of speed. And I don't know. That just sounds like something that would be kind of fun to witness in person. So you have this one big, huge, long, fast section with a massive, massive high-speed sweeper in it. And then you have this really curvy, almost like a Red Bull type infield section to go with it. And it's um, it's it's almost six kilometers long. So yeah, that 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 would be my choice. I think we need to get Formula One back to Argentina. And, and, and so... Oh, yeah. They raced Correct on me if I'm wrong. Yep. This is the same circuit they raced on in like 98, wasn't it? But but this, they raced on the a shorter technical infield and yeah. everyone hated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the older circuit that they raced on into the 70s that was longer and faster and and more flowing. And and that's the that's the one I would choose. I would choose that layout, not the more modern short layout which everybody really did hate. And for good reason. It made for terrible racing. Okay, I agree with you. Um, they're actually bringing the circuit back, or they're certainly looking to bring it back. And um, and I think it's it's mooted as like Brazil's long term replacement. I have seen a rough layout that they released, and in between those two mighty parabolic s corners you mentioned, Matt, they wanted to add a chicane there. And I just hope they don't. No, they no. need to let cars go through there. No. It looks beautiful. Don't 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 ruin it. It was already perfect as it was. Okay. That brings us, well, we are, so technically we've already dipped our waters into the Americas, but in the, in the classic, in the real calendar, we kick off with Montreal. 
actually, you know what? I say this. I've arranged them geographically. This is not the order at all that they happen in. So here we are going to go down to the Americas, and Montreal is the first race there. So, yeah, I'm going to say stick with the Circuit de Jules Villeneuve. Walls everywhere produces great racing. I would say I would want gravel traps to be reintroduced at the chicanes. I remember there's all this hype about the Wall of Champions. Oh, it's you know this really tough corner, and drivers drive into the wall. But nowadays, if you make a mistake at that last corner, you just go across the tarmac. It's not particularly exciting. So I would say keep it. However, I'll be honest here, Matt. My heart is not 100% into this track because you have just reminded me of a better circuit in Canada. Yeah, I, I know. I, I I knew the moment because I, I watched, uh, I think it was either an IMSA race or WC race there back in the day. Sport Park. Canadian Tire Motorsport Park is the official name. And Oh my goodness. First of all, you have elevation change. Second of all, you have no runoff at all. It's grass and dirt. And best of all, you have one of the most amazing turn complexes and elevation change combinations I think I've ever seen put into a track. And that's turn five, six, and seven, where it's a downhill into an uphill. And literally at the point where you're trying to make the turn around six, you can't even see where your wheels are going to go because it's suddenly so steep right there. It's just a fantastic place to watch cars go fast. <laughs> and, and and Danelle is literally raining on my entire parade from the from from the chat room. I know. Again, we're not concerned about the we're not concerned about the, the fan facilities. The Magic Owls will take care of all of that and make it beautiful and pristine and Formula One ready. It's just about the actual cars on the actual tracks. Yep, I'm happy to go for most sport. Um, I actually watched an American Formula 4 race there earlier, and oh, it's just an amazing circuit. And watching an F1 car there with the levels of downforce they have, the engine power, and those massive slick tires. Yep, 100% agree. Yeah, now it's interesting, though, because I feel like there was a, a runner-up here. I had a hard time choosing because there's also Mont Tremblant. Uh, where they did have the 68 and 70 Canadian Grand Prix. And now the the thing about Mont-Tremblant, it doesn't have quite the same level of elevation change, but it, it, it does have sort of a more modern layout and some really properly challenging turns. And the most interesting fact about it, from, from my point of view, is do you know who owns it? No, I don't, but I have a feeling that you do. I Indeed, I do. It's owned by Big Daddy Stroll himself, and he bought it back, I think, in the in the early 2000s and fixed the thing up. And it is glorious. It, it is in the mountains, and, um, you know, I don't know. It, it was it was tough for me, but I, I feel like most sport, uh, maybe it's just because I saw a race there and I saw it first. It just seems to be grittier and harder and kind of more old school, sort of a thing that I would like. Yeah, no, I do agree. Um, actually, just taking a look at Mont-Tremblant, um, the end of that massive straight, you've got like a, a quick turn 10, 11, 12 complex. Yeah. That would be pretty sweet to watch. Yeah, no, it it, it would be indeed. Um, so... I don't know. Maybe they could take turns like the German Grand Prix used to do. Yeah. I, I just want to point out, we've named three great circuits in Canada. We also named three great circuits in Australia. Why, oh, why did they get it so wrong in the Middle East? Like, it, it beggars belief. Well, I, don't, I don't understand how that's possible. I, you know, I mean, I, I will take half a second and, and I will just suggest 
that because most of the modern circuits are designed with modern safety and the circuits, a lot of the circuits we like were originally designed when the cars were entirely different animals. And frankly, you know, the personal safety wasn't just such a big deal. I mean, not to say that it wasn't a personal tragedy when people got hurt or killed, but the social view of it was an, an entirely different thing. And and you would not see someone designing. <laughs> that's why they don't race with volcano walls next to them anymore. But they did back then, and that was okay, too. All right, Austin, we're almost done. Okay, so just a reminder, we've got one race already in America, right. which you picked earlier on. However, you, could, you can have a joker and use your second one here. But remember, your American race and my American race means no jokers have been used. Ah, okay. Well, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, Austin, but uh, I wish I could like Kota more. It's just lacking something. I'm not sure what it is. However, I would take Formula One to Florida to Sebring. And this was actually very hard for me because I really like Road America. I love Road Atlanta. Um, But Sebring is just a wonderful circuit, very tight technical. However, much like the 12-hour race that takes place there, I'd want this to be a night race. I think that would look stunning. Um, if, you, if you haven't ever kind of seen a lap of Sabring, I'd highly recommend it. Um, the final corner is this really tight, almost like Parabolica, but with actually a bit more braking and walls on the exit. Uh, I would love to see some carbon fiber go flying there. Yeah, well, I just the final turn alone is such a complicated beast and so bumpy. It would just be messing with everybody's air. Can you imagine the ride height they'd have to run through that section? It would just absolutely oh, it, would, it would mess everything up. The engineers would hate it. So for that reason alone, I think I would, I, I would, I would, I would have to agree with you. But I would also have to play my Joker. And now, man, you talk about a tough choice. But I think if you're talking about a track that kind of brings it all together. I think Road America would be the, if there's a circuit that I could see Formula One run on, I would love to see them run on Road America. There's elevation change, there's brutal turns, there's decreasing radius turns, and, and just, oh, oh, oh. Road America is is a bucket full of fun when you drive it in video games, and when you watch races there, it, it's staggering. And again, all of these American tracks, they do have in common that elevation change, not a lot of runoff, good overtaking opportunities, but you're going to have to be brave on the brakes or you're going to have to test, you know, you're going to have to test the outside of the turns to really be able to get around. And and here you get this huge high speed section from turn 14 back to turn one again, that's partly uphill. Can you imagine the braking zone into turn one with a Formula One car? Oh, geez. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I know. I know. And and that's that that for me is why I would I would play my Joker, but it's not easy. It's not easy at all because, like you said, there's Road Atlanta, there's Barber Motorsport Park, which is great. There's Long Beach, which is a classic, but probably I wouldn't pick it because the the, the chicane in turn turn one, uh, Laguna Seca with the corkscrew, Sedona, Sedona again. We could bring back a track that had some banking if we ran the full circuit. I don't know. The thing is, there's a lot of good tracks in the world, people. Okay, we've got a problem here, Matt, because when I said to bring, you were like, oh, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And now you've just bigged up Road America. Yeah. And so are we saying Road America? Well, I, I think I think we it's my joker. I think we can do both. Should we do both? Okay, so, oh, wow. Okay, so we're going to have Watkins Glen, Sabring, and Road America on the F1 calendar. Yeah, and, 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 and that, that's a little bit cheap of me. I should really have picked one in California. But you know what? You know what? I don't care. 
I haven't. Great. I have. I haven't. If we're going to get rid of Montreal, Watkins Glen, eh, same general geographical area ish. Whatever. There's just clearly there's more tracks than there are races, and this is the problem. Absolutely. Okay, we've got two more now. Yeah, and I think they're going to be kind of boring. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, very boring. Mexico City. Um, I keep it on the calendar, but it needs to be the original layout with that final corner, which I forgot the name of. It's now called like the Mantle Curve, but it's, it's actually like it was Peralta. There we go. Oh, that original circuit just was so fast and flowing, and now the current version every corner they've just chopped and made it really tight it's not exciting i'd want to yep. see a proper return to the original track which i think you agree with yeah oh no i i agree with totally and you'll be happy to know that i actually dug out a uh, a circuit diagram that included the original peraltada in it for all of our people who are going to watch the video um and if you're listening to the audio just know that again it's a massive long parabolica type turn into a huge, huge, huge straightaway down to a vicious braking zone into turn one. And, uh, and, and that's what made it magic in the old days. That's if you go back and again, go to YouTube, look at videos of some of these tracks when you get home, if you're listening in your car on your commute, because it's, it's really been a stunning, you know, you learn so much so fast. It's been stunning to watch these different tracks and, and, and how they, and how they played out in the old days with their old layouts and what the different cars look like. You know, just what you can learn about how the cars are. I loved watching them having to shift gears with their hands. Like, take their hand off the wheel to shift the gears. Entirely different thing, right? Absolutely. Um, oh, Mexico. It's just The original circuit just looks incredible. And again, high altitude. So very low downforce on the cars. They all run high downforce settings, but they squirm and they slide everywhere. So... I would definitely um, say keep Mexico. And I think we're kind of in agreement about our last circuit as well. Yeah. Sao Paulo. What can I you should say? have put this in the notes, though. Yeah. The original layout that was used before the current one. So this is the short version that they use now. There actually was an original layout. And I should have told you. you um, so you get the map up. Yep. Um, so at the moment, they take the center S's and then they run down um, the second straight and then they turn left. Well, on the original layout... They kept on going around the lake. Oh, okay. And then the circuit kind of loops back on itself. So the run to the current turn five, they didn't use. They kind of, it's, it's very difficult to describe, but there's basically about another 30 seconds of track. And it's wonderful. And it reminds me a bit of, as I said earlier, how uh, the Austrian Grand Prix was changed to its current form. Yeah. From this very fast flowing circuit. So I, w- I would say keep, um, it's a bit, it could be either. I quite, even, it sounds strange, but I kind of like the charm of the current layout. It's very short, 70-odd laps. It's quite nice to have a short track. But either one of those, and again, high altitude, you get a lot of rain there. Um, it's, it's a great way to finish the season. Yeah, and it was always the best finisher. And it's a shame it's been been changed. Although, you know, money is money. Like, you know, I understand the business case for making as much money as possible. Well, and that's it. We're through. Uh <laughs> So uh, we got some excellent shout outs from the chat room. Bathurst was one, Ooh, which I completely forgot about, but I would love to see a Formula One race there. And, and you hey, were Jason right. Jason Button drove a McLaren round there a couple of years ago in a demo and it looks stunning. Yeah, no, th- that would be a great one. And there's a, there's some great racing. There. There's a 12 hour race there. That's completely worth staying up for. Um, and the Norch life, of course, I brought that up. That, that would be always, a, it would be fun. You would never get it in real life, but that would be fun. 
So do this. If you have a track and we didn't mention it, tweet it at us this week. We'll, we'll have a look at it. We'll have a look at it because it's, it turns out it's a lot of fun to go around and poke at these, poke at these old tracks and poke at these historic tracks and, and, and tracks where Formula One doesn't race. There's some really, really good ones out there all over the world. And I, you know, I'm always up for learning something new. I don't know about you, Anil. Absolutely. And look, this list isn't perfect. Um, we kind of made up the rules as we went along. So if we missed anything out, maybe we can uh, throw it in and substitute it. Yeah. Or maybe, like Liberty say, maybe we need a 25 race calendar. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't get me started on my plan for that. We'll save that for next time. Sounds great. All right. Well, Anil, where can people find you? What are you doing these days? What should we know about? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh anilp228 and on instagram anilparma90 because someone took the anilp228 i'm normally talking all things whiskey uh meat i love meat and of course formula one yes indeed are you a meatitarian too absolutely yeah Yeah, i like my vegetables with a big chunk of meat next to it Ah, it's the only way to have vegetables i say and as for me, you can find me at MattPT55 on the Twitters. And if you've got some extra change and like music, you can stop by and hit up my Indiegogo campaign, Matt Ragsdale and the City Lion Trio. Also, if you're looking for something to do on the 27th of January, don't forget the Mist Apex karting event at Milton Keynes Daytona. 50 minutes on track for 60 pounds. There's only six spots left. So if you're interested Email spannersready at gmail.com right now and let him know you want to be there. And remember, chicks dig heels, wounds cause scars, and glory is a fungible concept under certain philosophical precepts. This has been Trumpet's Time. All right, and that pretty much does it. Awesome. I literally need to go. I'm getting yelled at. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on 
Nextel Body Care and Candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.